Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hello V. Hello C. How are you? Good, how are you? Very good, thanks. It's cooling down a little bit here in LA, but it's still pretty warm. And it's supposed to be back in the 90s this weekend. Good boy. Yeah, I want it to be crispity, crunchy, brown and orange fall. <laughs> I know, right? Not hot, hot, sweat sack. <laughs> right, there should be piles of leaves to jump into, not piles of dehydrated actors. <laughs> you know? Well, that's a, an all a year round joy here that's right. in Los Angeles. That's very true. Uh, hey guys, welcome to the show. We got a great guest today, Dee Wallace, who's uh, she's been in everything. Yeah. I mean, look at her IMDb right now if you don't have name recognition, because what you'll probably most remember her for is E.T., uh, the right. mom in E.T., but you will like be gobsmacked by all the films she's done. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty great. So really glad that she's going to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, she's also got a Kickstarter, which we'll talk about right at the beginning of the program. Yep. It's uh, like about to end. So please go act so on if that. If you're ready, go now. That's right. A uh, little bit of housekeeping, then we'll get right to it. If you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. You hit the fifth star and write, this is good. <laughs> sure. That's one way you can do it. You can also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll write you back. Guest suggestions, welcome. And just if you want to say hi, whatever, it's cool. Anything. That's Ask right. us anything. And we've got a great sponsor returning to us this episode. So, Mac Weldon. Gentlemen, grab your junk. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's a great uh, online underwear, and uh, they also do socks and t shirts and things like that company. But the underwear is literally the best. It really is. It's super soft and comfortable and breathes well, sweats well. It's great. Um, and it, you probably noticed their little banner ads popping up on Facebook and other places like that too. I just clicked on one on as, as like, a, all right, let's play, let's see what happens. <laughs> and because uh, they guarantee your first pair of underwear, like if you don't like them, they will refund your money, uh, and you get to keep the underwear. You That's send, a very you confident guarantee. There you go. And so I, you know, I bit. I bought a pair, and they're like my favorite things ever. So, uh, well, now John has some. Yep. Uh, and wooey, wow, wow. <laughs> I I can attest they are very nice. They look good, and they're really soft. And um, I do the laundry around here, or gender rolls. They wash well too. So yeah, I mean, not like there was poop in them or anything, but like they, they held their shape <laughs> nicely. Sure. Uh, there's also like there's a brand that they have called Silver on there too. They're a little more expensive. That uh, that the guy who runs Mac Weldon uh, said I should check out for softball and things mm-hmm. like that. Cause I play, you know, a lot of softball on Sundays. And so I got a pair of those and like, they're awesome for that. Um, so I really AKA highly sweaty. <laughs> they do rather, they breathe really well. <laughs> uh, and they, there's some sort of technology in them that really is odor absorbent, which is great too. So, uh, yeah. So go to MacWeldon.com. That's M A C K W E L D O N.com. Type in the code pop my P O P my, and you will receive 20% off Whee! your first order. Which is already reasonably priced, by the way. Right. For so. man panties, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so go to Mac Weldon and check out the man panties, basically, <laughs> Mac, is what we're saying. well done. That's right. So thank you, Mac Weldon, for sponsoring us. And really, you do show your support of the podcast by purchasing from them. They yeah. track the stuff. They see you know, where their stuff is coming from. So um, really, please go over Show there. us you care by buying yourself underwear. That's right. <laughs> hey, wow, did you just make that up now? I did. Isn't wow. that impressive? Congratulations. Yeah. That was really great. I know. Uh, so thank you, Mac Weldon. And uh, thank you, guys. Uh, we have a donor. Button on our website. And, uh, uh, 
popmyculturepodcast.com. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's where it is. I almost said info, but that's our email. You almost did. Just go to popmyculturepodcast.com and there's a little donate button. And if you click it and give a gift, oh, the heavens weep with gratitude. <laughs> sure, they do. <laughs> but we do at least. Yeah. So uh, any little bit helps. We'll give you a shout out on a future episode. Next episode, we're going to round up a bunch of those um, and do that then. Yeehaw! That's oh. my roundup. There, okay, let's <laughs> see what you did there. Thanks. Uh, well, let's. Oh, get I guess to you it. didn't really compliment me. You just That's acknowledged right. it. I acknowledged it. That was enough for me. <laughs> Thank you so much. My proverbial cap. Uh, let's get right to it. I'm really excited that Dee's here. So here we go with Dee Wallace, our guest today. Well, she's uh, she's an iconic screen actress, you guys. <laughs> And, and Don't snort at that. It's true. At that, but really, I mean, you're one <laughs> okay. of the original, like, I mean, 70s, 80s scream queens. You've done a bajillion movies. Uh, really well known for E.T., but also things like The Hills Have Eyes, The Frighteners, Cujo, Critters, Cujo tons of other stuff. She's also uh, a, a writer, um, a self-help uh, I don't know. Can you be a guru? Yeah. She's got a great Kickstarter, which we'll talk about in 10 seconds. Uh, D Wallace is here. Hi, D. Hi, everybody. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. Oh, <laughs> I'm my excited gosh. to be here, too. The warm feelings, like just bouncing off of you, are intense. Oh, you are, oh love, thank like, you. love like a ray of light. I, I, I'm a big believer in love. That's the best you know, thing to believe in. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we don't believe in it. Yeah, uh, we we don't know that that's the great creator of everything, you know, and and so when I drop out of love and get pissed off or <laughs> judgmental, or I just I don't feel as good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't feel as good, and my creative juices stop flowing. And when I when I can't create, it's like hello hell. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I walk right into the toilet and flush myself. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I've been trying to do, like the last year or two, because I've I've had some anxiety issues and things like that too. That I've just tried to do this like rose colored glasses approach to mm-hmm. everything, which is just like everything's okay. Just you know, find the good and whatever is there and try to power through it. Like, yeah. And did it? Has it worked? It's helped. It definitely helps. You, you know. I love what you just said because, you know, I'm an intuitive life coach, and I've done thousands of private sessions to help people with this. And everybody wants to go, why can't I? And that's like putting into a computer what you don't want. Right. Right. You know, that just takes your focus even more toward what you don't want and and the, the neuroses of fixing everything. Instead of go, well, what do I do want? Let me create that. Let me get on with the creation of that. And back to loving ourselves, which, you know, I've started this whole I love me movement, which interestingly enough now I'm finding lots of people are starting. It's really starting to pop up in the culture a lot of places. And I've been teaching it for six or seven years. Um, But if you really love yourself... And want to serve yourself in your magnificence, you don't sweat the small stuff. You know anxiety doesn't serve you. Yeah. You know, and if you can stop in the moment and go, how, how really, how can I love myself? How did right you come now? to that for yourself? Through a lot of shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anybody thinks I don't know my talk that I'm mm. walking, um, my father was an alcoholic all my life. I come from a very poor family. He ended up shooting himself in the head. Uh, I lost my uh, beloved Christopher, my husband, from a 
heart attack. Mm. He had just turned 55, and our little girl was six. Uh-huh. And she found him. I was away shooting the Frighteners oh my God. Uh, at the time. And, um, you know, just a, a lot of tragedy in my life. A lot of people Trauma. hurt me in the business. Yeah. And, um, and yet when I look back on all of it, uh, I really do know that my destiny was nobody else defines you. Nobody else can take you down unless you let them. Hmm. And we have to learn to be our own mentors. And again, it goes back to self-love. How much do you love yourself? Are you going to love yourself enough to know that you're worthy and deserve something better than that, whatever that yeah. is, or them, whatever whoever they are? Or uh, are you going to buy with hook, the hook, line, and sinker of we have power over you? And you don't have any power over yourself. And, you know, therefore you might as well go under. Yeah. Nobody's going to help you if you don't help yourself. Yeah, right. Totally. Well, this really ties into your Kickstarter right now, which is, and it's the very last leg. So if you guys are listening to this, after we talk go about now. it, go. pause, yeah. <laughs> go over to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about it. Well, first of all, I love you all if you do that. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so all of these over 20 years of private sessions, I'm also a a high school teacher in another life, Mm -hmm. had my own acting studio and dance studios. And in all my work with all the people across all of those realms, it always came down to I don't really love who I am. And then I... I'm putting this in a nutshell, but then I got really involved in the development of the brain and how the brain develops and was astounded to find that how we see ourselves in the world and our self-worth and how we fit in is largely in place by 18 months old. Mm. Your baby's Ding, ding, ding. Oliver's there. Yeah. And And by four years old, it's it's like cemented. You are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Your personality is in place by four years old. But what's interesting is that we pick up energetically um, how much we should be able to love ourselves and how much the world loves us because that's a big a big perspective that goes into it is do you love yourself enough to see the world loving you? Oh, uh, yeah. Right? And if that's all pretty much in place by 18 months, that happens before language and before the reasoning part of our brain is formulated. Mm. So cut to us 20, 30, and 40 going, why the hell am I like this? I've got to figure it out. Well, you can't reason it because there's really no reasoning behind it. It's something energetically that you picked up either truthfully or erroneously by the way you were treated by the the, um, vibrations, literally, that went on between your mom and your dad and the people that interacted with you. So if you're going to turn those brain synapses around, you've got to go, I really don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care where it came from. People call me on my Sunday call-in show, and they want to go into all their story of their victimness. And I'm, I'm going, you know, with all due respect, I don't care. 
What do you want? What do you want? So I got really involved in studying the the development of the child's brain. And I thought, I I have to create something that's not only going to help the child, but through helping the child is going to help the parent restructure their synapses also. Hmm. So it's really for the child that you love or the child within... Us. Yeah. And let me tell you, the child's, your child is running your show. Your little boy or your little girl. No, not here. Oh, uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> is, it, it, our child within us is still telling the adult, be afraid, be in judgment. So yeah. I created this fabulous little bear called Bapalapaloo. Mm-hmm. And he has 14 empowering statements. And the child or the adult Mm. presses the paw and it says things like, I love my body. And the child then says back to the bear, I love my body. Mm. And you press it again and the, the bear says, you are so loved. And the child says, I am so loved, right? So what that does is it, connects all the things that psychologists know build synapses in our brain. Joy, love, bonding. Repetition. Yeah, Yeah. repetition and a really strong first-person statement. Mm. It's one thing to have your mom say, oh, honey, you've got a really cute body, and what's the first thing we do? We say, no, I don't. Yeah, right. So to teach them to joyfully connect a loving um, feeling with a powerful statement of their own empowerment is, well, I think it's going to change the world. I, I, I know it changes my world when I do it. I keep, I keep up on my desk and uh-huh. when I feel like I'm going in the toilet, man, I... Press that Press paw, paw get a hit. You're going to be great. And I go, yes, I am. I'm great. You know? So it, it, it's a tool to bring you back to balance. But for the child, it's really developing so that when that bully comes up to them, and that's one of our biggest problems yes. in schools now, when they feel like they're bullied or put down, and by the way, Children bully another person because they don't love who they are. Right. Right. So they have to bully somebody else to feel better about themselves. But then they have a core within themselves, and that synapse lights up and goes, no, I, I'm going to be great, and mm. I love me, and my body's a good body, you know. And this is I'm powerful. I like I am powerful. Yeah, that's a great thing to teach. Uh, Yeah, as a mom, when I was looking at the Kickstarter and everything, I was just it was heartwarmed by it because it is it's a good reminder of the way we need to all take care of each other. And from the very beginning, remember to instill this love that changes the whole path of what a person's capable of. Yep. It, I have this great quote and for anybody that goes on to com, I'd love for you to watch the video because it really gives you a lot of information, um, technical information, but heartwarming information also about Uh, the facts that this is based on. And I have a wonderful quote by a psychologist there that says, no matter what you give your child, teach them to love themselves because their grades, their body image, their uh, social interaction, 
you know, their success, how they see themselves in the world for the rest of their lives is built on that. And I think, you know, as a parent, um, we've been sold a bill of goods to push our kids farther, faster, um, sooner than their brains mm-hmm. are made to uh, accommodate what we're trying to get them to learn. The early years of a child's life, and everybody just go back to your own childhood here for a minute. You'll get some insights. The first years of a child's life are meant to uh, create a really strong, firm foundation of who they are and to learn how to socialize, right? And, And through socialization, we go, okay, this is my presence And this is how my presence affects the world. And so now we have preschools that are urging parents to teach their kids how to read at Mm -hmm. two years old. It's ridiculous. And it's there's test after test after test that proves that this is detrimental to the development of a child. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Well, people should, like, I think you're about 75% funded right now, and we're in the last throws of it. So it's getting there, but yep. we need some help. Midnight so, tonight. That's tick, right. Tick, tick, tick. So go uh, to the website. I'm going to spell it out for you guys. We'll also have a link on our site and stuff like that, we'll too, tweet so it. for the posting. Uh, it's B-U-P-P-A-L-A-P-A-L-O-O.com. So yeah. go there. And where did you get the name? I, I know. <laughs> um, well, we originally wanted to call it My Selfie because it was all about oh. myself. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't, the trademark oh, yeah. uh, wouldn't go through on it. And we were brainstorming. And my lawyer said, um, you know, Dee, there's a lot of tests uh, around how much children love nonsensical names mm-hmm. like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. And the first thing I heard, and I trust my channel implicitly, mm-hmm. was Bubbleopolo. Oh, my gosh. And I said, that, that, we're going with that. And everybody, oh, the people won't know how to spell it. And people, and people won't know how to say it. So I said, okay, I'll write a song. I'll figure it out. Oh. I'll write a song to teach people how to say it, which we have. The, the first song, which is an awesome song if i do say so myself Mm -hmm. we just finished it uh in the studio so we've got the first song i've written the first book to go with the bear it's being um illustrated right now wow so i see this as a whole like i said a movement i love me movement and now everybody that's listening, like, add this to your list of what do you get your kid or your niece or your god kid. I mean, it's just a, a gift that's so sweet. Uh, on top yeah. of being like a cute toy that they'll enjoy just for the own merit of cute toy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's mean, also a good thing. The holidays are coming up. So. Oh, it's such a perfect. Yeah, there Christmas you go. Gift. I mean, kids like getting plush for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, let alone one and that has a positive. We, I actually have the first. Well, now we have left. The first 900 bears in my bedroom. Oh, so they got some of that so D. Wallace magic after on. those 900, <laughs> yeah, it's got all my good juju from my house and my healing work. Um, after that 900, uh, which is what the Kickstarter's for, because the next order has to be 5,000 bears, which oh, is wow. around $35,000. D, where have you been sleeping? Well, that's actually my guest room. Just flopped out on a bunch of bears. Well, I could think of a worse place. I'm powerful. I'm loved. That would be pretty fun to just run and jump into a field of bears. It reminds me of that scene from E.T. in the closet. Oh, yes. You know? 
the somebody said, "Oh, you should get that thing. scene and put the beer in the middle of it." And oh, I thought, "Wow, gosh. would I get in trouble if yeah. I did Probably that?" Probably would. <laughs> well, we could still Photoshop it for fun. And <laughs> so speaking of, since ET now has been broke, oh yeah, um, that's. It was a tiny little indie film. No one saw it. Yeah. Uh, Who directed yeah. that? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Actually, you know, it was meant to be Stephen's little film. Really? That's he always talked about. Well, this is my little film. Oh but it my just gosh. goes to show. You know, when you do a movie that is the truth mm-hmm. and reaches people's heart with the truth, like The Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan, it lives on forever. Did you have any sense when you were doing it that it was going to be something super special? I knew that the script, that's all you can know right. yeah. when you go into a project, as you guys know. I called my agent because I had to go over to the studio behind locked doors and read the script. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Big secret. At that time, things were getting ripped off right and left. Yeah. So I called my agent and I said, look, I don't... I'm not a real blonde either. I don't think this is going to do much for me, but I think this is going to do a lot for the world, and I want to be a part of a film like this. Because I knew from reading the script, automatically it just opened my heart and just filled me with love. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's the message. If you keep your heart open, which is the same thing as being in the state of love, which is impossible if you don't love yourself, by the way, mm. you know, um, you get back home in quotations, yeah. you get back to who you are, to where you're supposed to be, to where the love is. I mean, you know, Peter Pan, think happy thoughts and you fly, mm. right? Yeah. The Wizard of Oz, you had the power all along, Dorothy. Yeah. It's it's your responsibility to click your heels. It's your responsibility to bring you back to the state and the creation place where you want to be. Yeah. We've been hearing it forever, but we just don't live it. No, it's true. It's very true. Well, one thing I thought was interesting that I read that I never realized, and I've seen the movie a million times, is like he shot it to be like as if it's from the eyes of the kids, right? And you don't see any of the adults except for you. Yeah. From the waist up or whatever. Yes. Until like the that's very true. end of the movie or whatever. Until the is, bad guys come in. That's right. amazing. That's pretty yeah. crazy. And um, that's actually... The story goes, uh, one of the big reasons that I got it was because I have this vulnerability and Stephen thought I was very childlike, hmm. which is true. When I did 10, <laughs> Blake Edwards said to me, you know, D, I could line up nine little old ladies and let you shoot them in cold blood. And the audience would go, oh, poor sweetheart. It must be something her mother did to her when she was little. <laughs> you know, so... Although I have that other side that I had was gloriously had a lot of fun in the Frighteners right. killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> There's a darkness. <laughs> that must have been crazy because it really was like going against what you had done in a sense. Is that you know, like, why? I wonder. I mean, how did you come to make that decision? Oh, are you kidding? As an <laughs> actress, how delicious to play the whole first part of the the movie as a victim, this wimpy soft whiny victim and then turn into this yeah it's amazing i remember when i was in wardrobe down in new zealand and um fran walsh peter's co-producer and partner and she said well okay so how are we going to age her 
the more she gets into going back and hooking up with Johnny. And I said, oh, no, I think I should get younger. Uh-huh. And she, we all just knew it was, that was right, yeah. you know, because now she's back in her glory her and she's prime. back in her power and she's getting to kill everybody oh again. You are so and like so- lit up right now. <laughs> As you talk about death. <laughs> well, as an actress, there's just nothing better than such a reversal. That and arc. Yeah, yeah. That's the amazing. arc is what you live for. Yeah. You yeah. know. And there's not more a more ridiculous one than that. <laughs> exactly. And you've worked with so many iconic directors it's at this crazy. point. It's insane. But like Peter must have been a trip. That because that guy's got Peter. Quite a oh my gosh, he he's a hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> it's about, he is just gloriously talented and the nicest, sweetest, just laid back, gentle, mm. beautiful man. Um, a very personal story is uh, a lot of people don't know that I lost my husband of 18 years, Christopher, at, while I was down shooting the Frighteners. But he had a heart attack first and, you know, they... I got the call, and I called one of the producers, and it was, don't worry about it, Dee. This is just a movie. That's your life. Go home. Take care of your husband. <laughs> so I flew home. Um, they did the angioplasty on him. He was fine. I flew back uh, five days later, I think. And Peter said at the end of it, you know, we never thought you'd be back. We had it figured out how we could cover you for the rest of the movie. And I was literally back there, I think, two days. And then Chris got up and an aneurysm uh, hit his heart and he was gone. And my little girl found him. So the Frighteners, to me, is such a... A mix mash, you know, yeah. of such fond memories and s- such hardship. Yeah. yeah. And so I flew back and did his service and flew back again to uh, with my daughter to finish the movie four times in two weeks across half the world. Oh, wow. Right. <sighs> and they flew me business class and. They said, we'll just settle up at the end of the movie. Well, that would have been my entire salary, pretty much. And I went in to pay them, and you know, they said, no, Peter and Mr. Zemeckis just want to give this to you. Don't worry oh. about it. Oh, so nice. Yeah, that, that's wow. the kind of guy Peter is. Yeah. Just and hard. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. It's- much like Rob Zombie. Yeah. I love working I never with thought Rob I'd Zombie. hear that uh, transition. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Rob is a genius. Uh, I mean, he can do anything. But he is genuinely one of the nicest people, most considerate people with his act. I don't think any actor who's ever worked with him would say they would not go back yeah. wow. and work with him again. He uses a lot of comedians too, like mm-hmm. Chris Harbuck, Brian Posehn, like people like that. So like he just has this like love of like life and comedy and stuff yes. too. So like even though his movies are like really extreme in a lot of ways, like he crafts them with so much love. And uh, yeah, for just amazing things about Well, Rob. and he just he's a, he's kind of a walking icon about loving himself. Yeah. You know, I, I just love who I am. I get a lot of people don't dig me and <laughs> don't get me, you know. 
but I get me, and I'm just here to create. And yeah, I've worked with some really You've worked with great, amazing. interesting people. And mm-hmm. before coming into this, because I know a lot of times careers end up in niches you couldn't foresee. Like you might not have known you would do so many thriller horror type things. But yeah. were you a fan of the genre before? Oh, I'm scared to death of them. Really? I <laughs> am. That's probably why you're so good, because it's an yeah, earnest maybe. Fear. Maybe. No, I did not. I did not go off seeking the horror genre. Mm-hmm. But I love emotional work. You know, with all due respect to Jennifer Aniston, and I love her, I I would have gotten quite bored with that career. Yeah. I love emotional work. I love to scream. I love to cry. I mm. love to get raped. I love to <laughs> run from monsters. I do. Yeah. It's wacky, but it makes me f- feel and embrace the actress in me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the and most I'm heightened situation. I mean, I'm really funny. <laughs> Can't tell it yet, but I am. <laughs> and and I, I like to do comedy, but to do it over and over and over and over again, you know, just, yeah. So, well, and you have really those, clear, it seems, at least from a viewer's perspective, like such clear access to all these emotions. It doesn't seem contrived at all. It seems like. No, wow, I really, visceral. Well, thank yeah. you. That's the best, you know, compliment you can give an actor, mm-hmm. by the way. But I do. I I pride myself in always being real and always going there. People say, "What's your favorite film?" I say, "Cujo," mm. because I I look at it and I I think every moment is as truthful as it could be. I don't think I would do anything differently. I didn't have a child at the time. You know, people say to me, well, how do you, how'd you know how to play mother so well? You didn't have a child. I said, no, but I had a mother, <laughs> you know, and I had I'm that, a human, so. and I had that, you know, interaction in that relationship. So I kind of knew how that worked. And I had a mother that would literally give her life for me. Hmm. So I, I knew that dynamic really well. And you've also worked with a lot of child actors in a career. You think? Uh, yeah. How's that? I mean, what are the uh, highs and lows of that? Because I'm sure... They're on only there, highs. Really? Uh, the kids that I've worked with, and everybody out there is going, oh, bullshit. But it's true. The, the kids that I've worked with have been so good and so professional. It's, it was just like working with other actors. And oftentimes, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. They don't have the walls up. They don't have the protection up. Or motive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're so easy to look in their eyes and just connect with mm-hmm. them. You know, um, I mean, I I was very motherly and very cognizant of that in between takes um, with Drew and Danny because they were young enough that at that age, you know, reality and fantasy cross over into each other really easily. And oftentimes they can't tell which one they're in. Um, And uh, the scene where um, I took Drew to see E.T., right? Mm -hmm. And I went over and I said, Drew, now you you understand E.T.'s not really dying. He's just an actor and he's just... I know, Dee, do you think I'm stupid, she Mm -hmm. says. (laughs) So I pick her up. We walk to... 
the set, she takes one look of E.T. on the table and totally screams, goes into this huge crying and throws her arms around me. He's dying. He's dying. (laughs) You know? Um, They are so remarkable in that movie. I mean... I, I feel like he must be um, great as a director with kids because the he performances is, he gets are so earnest. He like, is, but Stephen also um, he doesn't get hooked into what have they done and who have they worked with mm. and help you know. He just picks the right people for the right parts. Yeah, and that's three fourths of an actor uh, of a director's job well done. Yeah. Um, but he really bonded with him. He would play video games and all that stuff mm. in between with him, you know. So it was really kind of built around being a family yeah. itself. Did he? Did you guys do anything to kind of bond as a family unit before you started shooting? No. Uh, interestingly enough, we didn't. I mean, we had a you know a couple of meetings where we all met each other yeah. uh, and got together, but. Um, you have to understand, kids are just... It's like playing pretend for them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no big deal. Okay, I'm going to go play pretend today. It's the thing you actors try to regret right. to tap into. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, and then you get to be an adult actor, and everybody makes it so important. Yeah. And, oh, my God, am I going to be able to do it? And and then you look at these things on YouTube with these little toddlers... Um, there was a priceless one. Uh, they didn't. He, they had the camera set up, and he's in. And he would look around the corner to see if they were. The, and as soon as he saw, he'd throw himself on the floor and cry <laughs> and wail. And then nobody would come, and he'd stop and look mm. around, and he'd get up, and he'd look, around, and he'd see him down the the hallway, and he'd throw himself. On the, you know, I mean. It ain't rocket science, right. so now. <laughs> okay, baby Brando, we're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. So you've, um, when you, you start pretty early, like you work with Wes Craven very early. Yes. Uh, who just recently passed, unfortunately, um, on the Hills of Eyes. Um, and I was reading that there, the tarantula scene was particularly hard for you. Um, does that, have you ever had? Yeah, I don't re- like bugs. Yeah. <laughs> bugs and snakes. Although when Gabby was little, we used to have... A reptile party. Every year, that's what she wanted. And we would put boa constrictors around us and all oh, this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but wow. spiders, not so much. No, I yeah. I am so scared. I mean, spiders don't get me, but they get my husband. It's good that we can, like, trade off on these oh, yeah. phobias. Um, <laughs> so I can take care of them. I'll escort them out of the house. But snakes, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 Mm-mm. no. Yeah, I also have the uh, spider problem. Jenny takes care of them. <laughs> <laughs> She'll take care of I'll be like, oh, there it is. All you. Yeah, you see... Did you have that when you were children? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I liked everything. You know what? I can, so I can tell you, you exactly. You learned, yeah? I can tell you exactly when my spider phobia uh, occurred, and it's stupid. But uh, I used to get National Geographic World, which is National Geographic for kids. And on the back cover, they would have like a quiz sometimes where they would like do a close up of some animal or something like that to try to figure out what they were, right? And this particular one was like eyes. So it was eyes of different animals. So it was like a close up of like an owl's eye or whatever. But the spider one was like six eyes or whatever it is, right? Uh. And the little fangs. And I just saw that and I was like, oh, more than, there's more than two? There's a lot of eyes? I care not for spiders. (laughs) Because that little image just like ingrained itself in my head. And after that, I was like, nope, 
for John, it was arachnophobia. That he has a, a like a very clear memory of like after that seeing movie. that. Yeah, after seeing the movie, he got well, arachnophobia. Okay. So back to the brain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Things that frighten us are the most powerful synapse developers, and and the pow- the that emotion is the thing that lights you up. The most, which is why there are horror movie junkies too, yeah, right? Absolutely, people love it. I well, do not like even when you're little. Uh, there's been a lot of studies around this too. Why kids love Disney movies so much, and a lot of kids you watch will ask to go back to the scary part. Mm. Gabby used to play when we uh, watch Gabrielle. Sorry if she ever hears this. <laughs> We used to watch The Little Mermaid. Mommy, play Lady Get Big. You know when Ursula oh, yeah. gets all... Uh, play, And it's because they go back and in a safe place, which is what a movie theater is, mm-hmm. you practice handling your fear. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, which is why it's so detrimental, all of the pharmaceutical ads that are... We are inundated with sometimes over 50 in an hour Hmm. because they're showing you all of these wonderfully fun, beautiful family images, you know, while they're selling you this drug Hmm. and while they're telling you all of the horrible side effects when you're watching love happening in front of you. Bouncing in the grass. If you're not very, very conscious. Your body and your energy and your subconscious says, oh, I better get sick so I can do that. Mm. Yeah, you it's we're hypnotized in yeah. this country to get sick. It. Oh, my gosh. I believe it. It is weird, though, like thinking about a thing like movie, like the scary parts of movies when you're a kid, like imprinting on you, because that yeah. definitely happens. Like even E.T. for me, like the image of him in the ditch, lying in the ditch, that's oh. the one that like stuck in my head immediately because like. It was, oh, my God, he's pale, he's, like, white, he's passed out, he's sick. Like, yeah. that really, like, resonated with me. And, you know, the, <clears throat> we created the other paw on Bupalopalu so that you can put in your own message. Oh, that's oh, wow. sweet. And we thought, of course, it would be the parent or the grandparent. But at the toy fair, um, a little boy came by and he said, no, I want to put my own message in. <laughs> and he put in, I... Used to be afraid to go to sleep at night, but now I'm brave. And he looked up at me with these shiny eyes and he said, I'm going to play this every night so I can be brave to go to sleep. And I thought, smart kid. That's why I created the bear. So they can use their own power to make themselves more powerful. Wow. It was a beautiful moment for me, and duh moment, because I went, oh, yeah, the kid can do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to make a few edits to my uh, And, you know, we we had a lot of people come up and were very interested in um, uh, getting it out to preteen girls Hmm. because of their self-esteem issues. Oh, man, it's a bad And even Alzheimer, you know, if... The thing, when you take your parent, and hopefully none of you out there are going through this now, but when you take your parent, if you have to, to admit them, they ask you to bring a stuffed animal mm. that they have a bonding security item. Wow. So one thing, I, one other thing I wanted to ask was, um, the, a lot of the stuff you did was at a time when effects were practical, which they aren't so much anymore. Now it's like there's a guy in a ping pong suit, and then later on yeah. they put in all the stuff yeah. post. But you actually 
like you could reach out and touch these things. I would assume, like in things like critters and in and ET. things like that. How what is it like to actually act off of something that is not a person but is there physically there? Physically there. Well, it makes all the difference in the world for an actor. Yeah. I mean, I'm really good, and I can do green screen because if you're good, then you can picture whatever it is in yeah. front of you and interact with it. The secret in acting is always throwing your energy. Yeah. You know, if you notice when I talk to you, I'm tr- trying to always throw my energy so we connect instead of going like this. Can you see the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When I pull my energy back. So <clears throat> for me, it makes all the difference in the world. Somebody um, emailed me that somebody's going to redo Cujo. And I went, well, good luck, because I'll do it all with CGI. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, it's not at all the same thing. The dynamics are totally different. And um, I, I, you know, it's the wave of the future. But unfortunately, what technology has advanced, it's also lost the development of the story and the relationships. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Drastically. Yeah, really. yeah because I mean, they're filling it with explosions. Yeah. And, yeah you and don't have horror films anymore. There, there the aren't slasher, any horror films. Yeah. They're slasher films. Yeah. And, and they don't take time to create the relationships. It's like, hi, here's our six characters. Watch how gruesomely we can kill each one of them. Each now. one worse than last. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is just jump scare tactics. Yeah. yeah. And if you know anything about like f- <laughs> composing a frame, you can always tell when they're going to come because they oh, leave yeah. like, the back right corner open. Yeah. Like, why would that person be not centered or yeah. whatever? And then, of course, boom, that's where it is. And one of the best uh, scares in Cujo was when the dog comes up to the window. Uh-huh. I, I scream every single time. That first time when you think they're fine and they're okay, and he goes around and hits oh, the other window. It's, <laughs> every yeah. time every I time. scream. Gets you. Yeah. Speaking of Cujo, did Stephen King ever come? Did you ever meet him? Was yes, he, he was down on? at the very beginning oh, wow. of filming. Such a nice man. Really nice, very quiet. You know how all that stuff comes out of that quiet, quiet sweet, like, reserved, reserved person. Man, you know. like, what's going on in there? He and unleashes it all in his bedroom. <laughs> Boom! Talk about with the lift. bears. I mean, that guy puts a story out every. He just put four stories out during this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> like, get him while they're hot. That's right. I always wondered, like, does he write all of it? Does he have a, like a team? Is there like twenty-seven people under him? Like, you uh, write a thing about a clown. He listens to it, and you uh, like I don't just know. gives him like the headline. Wouldn't that be? Ooh, that would be an interesting movie. Yeah. The ghostwriter, like the den of his ghostwriters that yes, he keeps them in. Yes. <laughs> Creative writing students go missing every year. We wouldn't have to say it's Stephen. No. Right. We could call him fictitious Steve yeah. Queen. <laughs> Richard Bachman. Oh, um, well, let's do first. Okay. We do this every podcast. A different first from life. It sort of ties into your Kickstarter. What was the first like plush stuffed animal or thing you can remember having as a kid? Oh, it. It was a puppy. I'm all about puppies. Mm. Yeah. So it was a little stuffed floppy-eared puppy. Nice. Yeah, and it it literally, I mean, uh, my mom had it in the closet even when I was in high school. Oh. Torn apart, stuffing coming out of it, you know. But I really needed a bonding object, which psychologists will tell you is so important for a child. Uh, because of all my dad's alcoholism and, yeah. you know, all of the t- 
torrential emotion that was going on in my house every night. Mm. Yeah. So. Okay. okay, what was yours, Vanessa? I had a penguin named Pengy, like, <laughs> very creatively. But my uncle gave it to me, I think, when I was about three. And I had it through high school and, like, on my bed. My I, He's still living with my parents. But I loved and put so much into that. I mean, that's the other thing. You project so much into oh, these creatures. Yeah. I had all these talk shows with my stuffed animals at night in my bed, but Pengy was usually the host. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I mean, I, I was like unabashedly in love with the stuffed animal and screaming Pengy power. And like, if I threw him onto the ceiling three times, I would get good luck. Like I created a lot of rituals around yeah. him, but I loved him but so much. See, that's what we're not doing with all of these high-tech mechanical games they're coming out with all kinds of tests now around how all of this high-tech stuff is hurting our kids they're losing their ability they don't have imaginative play anymore they have no imaginative play they're losing playing with others so they're losing the ability to read social cues Mm -hmm. and learn empathy Uh uh-huh yeah and connect with somebody else so um I think it's really, really, really important for us as parents not to be, not to buy the bill of goods that how far and how fast our kids are going is a reflection on what good parenting right. yeah. we, we are exhibiting. Um, and we really have, I mean, you know, now these poor high school kids and the suicide rate is going up. Mm. Um, you know, you're not even average unless you're taking AP classes now. Right. It's ridiculous. And yet, again, the studies have shown that people that make really strong B average and have a lot of social life going on are always the most successful people out in the in the world. Right. But we're so, like, score-focused. Well, we've we bought it. Yeah. The, the you know, the... The guys that are supposed to know have taught us this is the way it is because it sells a lot of their products. Oh, man. Hmm. Did you have a little schnoodle? Uh, I had a bear named Bear. Okay. (laughs) Classic. I still Uh have Bear. He still sits on my nightstand 39 years later. (laughs) Um, He's kind of like a brown bear, and he's got, like, heavy paws, and then he's kind of stuffed, so he doesn't A little bit weighted. Yeah, Yeah. very weighted. Um, But, yeah, he's still around. The other thing I loved was a uh, plush tugboat named Tugboat. Oh, you were so creative. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my rule when I was a kid. You didn't ever forget their names. My rule when I was a kid was the first of any kind of animal that I had or thing was named what it was. So there would be like, you know, lamb or sheep or whatever. But the second one, if I got another bear, then, which I did. Like I had a white bear. His name was Snowball. Like they could have names. But if the first generation generation held true to the type. Yeah. Because I was I didn't do like bear. This is bear too. Can we say anal? Right. Well, they're alphabetized to arranged uh, but that's just kind of what i did Control so yeah issues well, yeah this is all pretty true yeah but, uh, yeah bear he's still around oh sweet bear it's a cool dude uh well let's do my quiz thing okay you wait 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 what's your quiz thing it's just it's an aptitude test uh, oh, we're gonna place you just a lot of math so freaking bad at these yeah, it's just five. you didn't tell me i had to do this i'm leaving five, uh, Bye, dude. it's just five questions about the, some of the films you've worked on oh okay. and i'll give you clues easy. if you don't well, oh, yeah, I, I have the worst memory. I'm also really I think you'll be pretty good at this. Uh, question one, you played Larry Lewis and Blake Edwards' famous Sex Farce 10. What piece of classical music was used famously in the film? 
I know this, but I can't pull it up. Um, I want no, no. I want to say La Boheme, but it's not. It's it's, not that. it's, it's close. It's um, it's the sex one. It is. It is, and it became incredibly expensive to license after this film. Oh, to use it for things. Oh, uh, like what do you eat oh, cereal geez. out of? Bowl. Mm-hmm. Bowl. Yes, I know. <laughs> Uh, that's that? not a good clue. That's it's close. It's uh, it's Bolero. Yeah, Bolero. <laughs> See, I can hear it. Yeah, I just can't. I hate trivia so much. I get cold sweats. I day. I know. Yeah. My armpits are gone already. It's like, oh, okay. And it became incredibly <laughs> expensive after that to license because of the way it was used. Uh, two, you played Karen White in Joe Dante's werewolf classic, The Howling. The film was based on a novel by what writer? I hate you. Yeah, think it easier after this. Trust me. Rhymes with Harry Rander. I but didn't, instead I didn't know of that, it's a J and a B. Harry Rander. <laughs> My shoes are horrible. You Dante. just suck at this, woman. Uh, it'll get better. Da- Dante's an amazing. It's Gary Brad Brandner. Oh, I would not. I don't know either. But I'm sorry, Gary. Because it's all right. I, I'm really glad you wrote it. <laughs> Good yeah, for you, Gary. I hope you're doing good. <laughs> and Joe Dante, another iconic, amazing director. Oh, that we've actually I had on our podcast. Joe. Yeah. yeah. We've had oh, he's been here? Yeah. Isn't he fun? Yeah. So, so many good stories. So fun oh and so smart yeah. and yeah. so creative. And I wish he would do more movies and hire me. Yeah. yeah. If he needs to get back up. Yeah, that Joe. <laughs> uh, question three. You played Mary, Elliot, and Gertie's mom in Spielberg's E.T. It was the highest grossing film of all time for 11 years until it was beaten in 1993 by what film? Also? Jaws. Uh, also by Steven Spielberg, ninety-three. Oh, oh yeah, that, that was, was a good one. Thanks. That was the worst. Wow, time. you should have seen her do that. You didn't miss anything, guys. Yeah, the, um, the, the dinosaur movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jurassic, that Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to have the most. Which is really movie of all time. sad to me yeah. that that's the one that beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Just time, I think. Four, you played Donna Trenton in Stephen King's rabid dog opus Cujo. Your son, Tad, was played by what child actor? Danny Pintaro. There you yeah, go. There we go. Who's I the boss? I that game? one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great. And five, you played Helen Brown in the sci-fi horror comedy Critters. Oh, fu- I'm never going to lo- remember anything about Critters. <laughs> oh, uh, what a fun time it must have been. You might know this one. What venerable character actor portrayed the town sheriff Harve? Oh. He's been oh. in a bajillion things. Oh, I know, and I love him. I can't. I can't pull it up. It's uh, M. Emmett Walsh. Yes, M. He's I, so great. He's so sweet. There were so many good character actors in Cujo, there, too. Yeah. But, yeah. So good. I told you my. I, That's I just, all good. When, when you put me on the spot oh, no. like that, I could never <laughs> do my, Jeopardy. Forget it's my it. nightmare. And even Trivial Pursuit, everything. And Cole is like a trivia buff. I am. I even when I know things perfectly well, yeah. I am sure when the me question too. is asked that I am wrong. No yeah. matter if it's like asking me my freeze. mom's name, I'm just like I the could worst never is yeah. like, possibly. I is when freeze. people talk you out of what is right because like oh, yeah. the first instinct, your brain does that for a reason. Yeah, like it's recalling it for a reason so your first instinct is almost always correct but half the time you'll come up with it i had no first in, yeah, there, there was nothing that was coming out like doubt will start Although, to seep in see i can remember the sensory i could see him yeah i could see him in the scene i could hear the music yeah, I, yeah. but i can't go to the specific well, and, you're I, not gonna and this is That's not about age i've uh, been this way when i was 
30, um, one of my friends said, oh, my God, do you remember when we went away to blah, 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 and we did this and we had that? Uh, no. <laughs> don't have a clue of what you're talking about. We oh, my God. It was such because, a week. No, what? I don't have yeah. any. I have, like, so few memories. I don't know what it is. I really well, enjoy life. Like, I'm having a great time, but well, I can't Well, maybe we're just things. so in the moment. That's what it is. That, we're we really are living. so in the moment that we don't have to remember home. all this stuff. <laughs> See, it's like, I'm really good with, like, you know, I could tell you who started and what, and what yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But if you said, like, if you're like, what'd you do this weekend? I'll be like, ugh. Um, get, like I cannot half the time I can't fathom what I did two days ago. Yeah, and like, like that I can't it? recall. Well, we're just on overload, guys. Yeah. We're living, we're living a lot of lives in yeah. this life. These are my questions. Are oh, you ready? Dear God, mine are good because they're only they're opinion based. Uh, so you, can they better. Be- Have you ever met an Olsen twin? No. Okay, easy. Uh, if you had to trick or treat this year as a character from one of your films, who would you go at? A creature, though, not like you played, but some critter from some movie you've been in or villain. Who would you go as? Like, you could go as E.T., you could go as Cujo. You could go... Let me think. As a spider. Oh, couldn't I go as Patricia? Oh, yeah. From the Frighteners? There that we would go. be the most fun. <laughs> Except when I pull the knife out. Yeah, but yeah. that's the trick. Yeah. It's in the name of the knife, yeah. honey. <laughs> um, okay, one affirmation you would give anyone listening. If you love yourself. Only... I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Easy. Okay, this is a segment called Nugget Dispenser, and you're the Nugget Dispenser. I write <laughs> these late at night. Um, <laughs> if you could like give us one nugget of wisdom from Wes Craven and one nugget of wisdom from Steven Spielberg, like that you learned from them, what would those two be? Wow, Wes Craven. That was a long time ago, sweetheart. But mm. um, I think uh, from Wes Craven, it would. Be kind, be gentle, be quiet, and know exactly what you want to do. Wow, that's great. And um, and for Stephen, it would kind of be, I think, the lesson that he learned, too, is you don't need a lot of money to make something great. Oh, that's great. Good nugget dispensing. And this is the last one. It's the hardest. Sure. You've angered a wizard, and he's going to punish you in one of two ways, but you get to choose the punishment. Either you have to drive the Pinto from Cujo for the next six years of your life, (laughs) (laughs) or for the next six years you cannot touch a dog. Oh, I'd drive the Pinto. Really? Oh, I could not go without touching a dog for six years. I hoped it would put you in a little more. Oh, no, 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 no. That was so easy. (laughs) I am such a dog lover, and I just lost... My beloved white shepherd that oh, I had no. for 15 years. And I've, I've just, you know, I've rescued dogs. I work for animal actors and others for animals. And no, 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 no. I couldn't go six years. Independent, baby. When I go on my power walk every morning, every dog, every dog gets pet along the way. Oh. I, you know. I want to find your route and just be there with my dog waiting. Oh. Like, he's coming. Plus, you can always be like, if the owner's like, he's a little, you can be like, no, I've dealt with Kuja. Yeah. <laughs> I'm experienced. You know, usually dogs are incredibly sensitive to your energy. Yeah. And I just, I just stoop down and just send them love. And they mm. usually, I don't go toward them, but they'll always... Almost always come over to me. It doesn't hurt that you're wearing a bacon necklace when you 
Well, <laughs> give away. God. I'm sorry. This is a radio it's show. Not Nobody bacon, needs to know. It's beef. You're classy. I wonder what, like the year Cujo came out, what St. Bernard adoptions, what happened there that year? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. I can't tell you. You know, when I go out and do the sci fi shows, yeah. I can't tell you how many chihuahuas are brought over to my table named Cujo. Oh. <laughs> right? Um, and a lot of people don't know there were 13 really well-trained dogs in that movie and they were all trained to go after toys Hmm. so it was all a big game for them but on action carl miller our see you should ask me that i wouldn't know (laughs) um the dog trainer would go dig dig for your toy and so you know the paws would come out and they go but we had to tie their tails down because it was a big game for them (laughs) so they would be wagging their tails in this joyful game and we whipped up egg whites and we would have to slather them all over their muzzle right before and it had to be timed so perfectly because if you waited too long to call action so that Carl could give his direction, they would lick all the egg whites off. <laughs> so as an actor, it was like, okay, whatever the hell happens, I'm going here, right? It's turning into meringue. Let's move. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Well, you made it all the way through, Dee. Thank you so um, much. Thanks for coming on. Guys, oh, wow. get Support to the Kickstarter. Her. Get there now. And get there to order beers for Christmas. Yes. There you go. And they can follow you on Twitter, yes. Mm-hmm. Is it just D Wallace? Twitter and Facebook and Yeah, it's D underscore Wallace on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so guys go check out the Kickstarter. Go support D, support this awesome project. Oh, I would love you so much. And uh, you guys can follow us too. We're on uh, Twitter at PMC Podcast. I'm at Cole Strat. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening and thanks for being here, D. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.